As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to a very, very special edition of The Andy Staples Show with Ari Wasserman. It's the Ass Awards, everybody. The Andy Staples Show Awards. We know what the initials spell. And now it's time to give out the awards for the best of this college football season. And Ari, this has been a tremendous college football season. And I think the actual award is called Top Ass. So if you get it, oh, that's what, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what it's called. There you uh, go. Yeah, so I'm excited to go down memory lane. It's a lot of moments this year, a lot of fun, a lot of... So we're going to do some funny categories, mostly funny categories, but a few serious ones, too. Um, do we get the serious ones out of the way initially? So we get Yeah, let's just stuff? get them out of the serious ones right now. Let's just do Okay. It. Coach of the year. I feel like this is obvious. Somebody took a 5-7 and seven team to the freaking national title game. Sonny Dykes, congratulations. Yeah, and he actually won the real coach of the year. So I don't know if we're really reinventing the wheel here. Um, but yeah, what he did with TCU this year, I know there's been a lot of, uh, victory laps and a lot of stars matter discussion. And, you know, part of me feels bad that we kind of overlooked the, the build that he had in this year with the way that he not only developed his roster, but flipped it in a very short amount of time and got them to the last game of the season. I I mean, individual coaching jobs, as far as they go, I, I mean, I don't know that you could, you know, and if you would have told me too, like there was anybody else could win the coach of the year, uh, at the beginning of the season when what Kansas Kansas went six and zero or was it five and zero? They were five and zero. They, they didn't yeah. win number six until they beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, so maybe kind of the the wheels fell off a little bit at the end there, but Lance Leipold seemed to be a stranglehold on that, and then Josh Sonny Heupel Dykes, seemed to have a, Josh a Heupel good too grip on it too. I mean, those are other nominations for sure. I mean, Josh Heupel, you know, if Hendon Hooker doesn't get hurt, you know, you might have had a a different ending to the year. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, it was a uh, a good year for coaching all around. And, of course, Kirby Smart is a nominated, too, because he won back-to-back national championships. <laughs> yes. Yes. Usually, Coach of the Year is is you exceeded expectations. We expected Georgia to compete for the national title. It yeah. is funny, though, that, that just being the best at it sometimes isn't enough. And right. so sorry, Kirby. But he'll take his is- ring, I think. Exactly. This is one of those award shows where we're, we're, sometimes it'll be like the traditional award show and the nominees are. Sometimes we're just going to tell you who won. Uh, one of our listeners, Jeremy, had a really good idea for a, a category. 
because it just, you know, it goes against Ari's whole Stars Matter ethos. It is the most improved three-star award. Ari, I feel like this is obvious. This has to be Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I mean, most improved for this year. I mean, he was a defending national champion already. He still improved over the course of this year. Because that was his best game, right? The national title game. Was that his best game? Of 2021. Uh, Maybe it was the... the UAB game was incredible from a stat line perspective, but it was against UAB. So yeah, I, I think I think the 2022 season he was considerably better, and especially at the end, he had his yeah. maybe his two best games against Ohio State and TCU. Yeah, I, I could get on board with that. So the Player of the Year, which is sort of different from the Heisman Trophy, I suppose, but not really. It's the guy that if we were picking first in a college football draft for a college football team based on these the players this season and what they did, who would we take number one? If we were on the playground, who would we take a number one? Ari, I think we'd take the same person, right? Yes. Yeah. Caleb Williams, uh, without question, what I think was the most exciting player to watch too this year. And and one of the most interesting ones, because we know Caleb Williams has basically been getting prepared for this his entire life, basically since he was five years old. If you watch the Heisman ceremony, you heard about all of that stuff. But this is a guy who transferred and immediately won the Heisman on his next team. I think we're going to see that happen every once in a while. It's not going to be every year, but we're going to see that happen where a guy leaves the school. Now, in this case, he was following a coach. But remember, he didn't immediately transfer to USC. There was there was some grab ass in there. <laughs> there was a little grab ass in there. Do you imagine if he'd gone to Wisconsin? Remember when we thought there was a possibility of that happening? I remember. Like, did we have like a thirty minute conversation about that? I I, I, we I uh, did. I think they were just trying to heighten the drama. But ima- well, just imagine. You know, I'll be clever and, and uh, add some news into this podcast. But mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley uh, said he wasn't going to make any changes changes to his staff. On yeah. Tuesday, which means Alex Grinch is returning to the Trojans as their defensive coordinator again. Mm-hmm. So uh, Caleb Williams likes to go by Superman, right? Yep. I don't know if Superman's strong enough to f- to fix that problem, <laughs> but we'll we have a whole other year of watching him try to outscore the other teams that he's playing, and I think it's going to be another show. So, you know, congratulations to him for the uh, grab ass player of the year and. Uh, you're certainly going to see a lot more grab ass in USC games. In the he's actually year. involved in one of our nominees for grab ass play of the year, which is is one of the you know obviously the big categories, it's sort of like best picture. We don't get to that till near the end. Yeah, but he's involved in that, yep. so probably not as much as he should have been. But it's <laughs> not his fault. But he was in it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I want to go. Uh, I want to go a little bit different direction. The offense of the year, and. Obviously, we could go with something like USC. We could go with Tennessee. But none of those offenses provided the level of content that our offense of the year provided for us. We have not had one particular unit side of the ball from one team give us multiple, multiple shows worth of content (laughs) until this season. So... Just in case you haven't noticed, this is when the grab ass of the grab ass awards begins. Exactly. Um, yeah. The the so this is the offense of the year. You're saying yes, the offense of the year or the offense of the year. It's it's one of the two. Yes, it's uh, probably the same thing. Your 
Iowa Hawkeyes. That's right. Come on down, Brian Ferentz. Collect your award. <laughs> Collect your award. It I was mean, the only award you were going to get for coaching this season. You know, they say that bad offense um, is not entertaining football to watch. But if you ever eclipse the sound barrier, uh, <laughs> I guess is the only way to put it, and are so bad that it's inherently compelling to see how bad it can get, then there's no – I mean, like, that was one of the most entertaining storylines of the entire season. Like, think about it. They were so bad that we had to watch to see if they would score. Yes. Yes. I mean, think about the, the level of sicko game that, that Iowa-Wisconsin was this year. Yes, and they won games. The Offense of the Year award – also could go to Iowa's defense too. So like, I don't know who you want to give it to. Because <laughs> they we, scored. Do, do, what we should do, what we should do is if we had, had the actual award ceremony and we're handing out the trophy, we would call up Brian Ference and then as we were about to hand it to him, yank it away and say, Phil Parker, come get your trophy. Yeah. Uh, there is a defensive back on Iowa's defense that scored more touchdown pat or scored on more passes this year than the entire <laughs> Iowa receiving core combined. I'm going to say that again. A person in Iowa secondary had three pick sixes this year, which I believe were more. And that, that stat might actually be before the bowl game or it might've been after, I don't know, but had more touchdown catches than the entire <laughs> Iowa receiving catch. core right. combined. It is truly, and I, truly, and I, I amazing. truly think it's remarkable. Co- that Cooper DeGene is who you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and if you're looking up the stat right now, I'd like to know if that was the way that the season ended he or not. He finished but with Cooper finished with three pick sixes. Yeah. The other, uh, the, they they had one other pick six, but Cooper had three of the four. So that is a truly amazing stat. Phil Parker. You get the trophy, Brian Ference. We're gonna we're gonna yank it away from you, but from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for providing so much content for us all year. I know the the listeners occasionally got tired of hearing about Iowa, but I think I think Ari, most of them really appreciated it. Yeah, I I mean I enjoyed it, and Iowa football for most of the year was can't miss television. So, um, you know, there's a lot of awards, and I think that they could be up for this year, but. Uh, their offense and defense being nominees for the best offense of the year, I think, is the greatest way that we can honor them. Yes. Yeah. And and so thank you so much, Hawkeyes. This is, you know, I we have not heard anything about what's going to happen. I, my, my initial thought was Bill O'Brien might become the Patriots offensive coordinator. You know, all the Alabama fans waiting with bated breath to hear what happens there. But potentially Brian Ferentz and, and the Ferentz's in the in the Belichick tree. They intertwine. So potentially you could have Brian Ferentz as their offensive line coach if, if that happened. And But we haven't heard anything about any changes yet. Cade McNamara tells us the offense is going to be awesome at Iowa next year. I mean, that's what you have to believe if you actually make yourself uh, go to school there. <laughs> it's, it is truly amazing. I, I assumed he went because he was told some changes were coming. So I mean, I, have I've, those changes happened yet? No. And if they haven't happened yet on January 11th, don't the odds of those happening, like, isn't this usually the the witching hour for coaches who are on the hot seat right now? Mm-hmm. The assistants? Yeah. No, so you still have the occasional right after the February signing day, everybody moves along. But so far, nothing yet. Ari, let's move on now to 
one of my favorite categories, the NIL deal of the year. I will say we already have an early nomination for 2023 NIL deal of the year uh, for the 2023 season, which will not happen till next year. We won't give it out till next year. But did you see that General Booty, the Oklahoma quarterback, has a booty cream? He calls uh, it crim- Crimson and Cream. Oklahoma's the, the the man has a head for marketing. I mean, if you're going to have that name, it would be a damn shame to not profit off of it. Um, and I'm so thankful that it coincided with his eligibility because if he were yeah. a quarterback in Oklahoma three years ago, he might not have had this opportunity. And you know that could be a bet. Whoever whoever loses the next bet that we have has to rub General Booty ass cream on their ass. <laughs> booty cream, <laughs> booty cream, but. We What's have, the use of that? What is it? Like, do you just like, it's supposed to moisturize? Is it just it's a, a lotion? moisturizer? Yeah, you can put it anywhere. You don't have to put it on your booty, but have you I ever moisturized like you your ass before? Never felt the need to, but you know, yeah, if I got never, some booty cream, I'd probably use it there. Because I know that lotion, like there's people who are like lotion every day. Yeah. Lather themselves. I'm they're not called, that person. They're called my wife. Yeah. But like, they're usually females, right? But yes. There are men, too, that lotion their entire bodies every day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you were to get into that habit, like it was brushing your teeth, it would be a very nice thing to do for yourself. Sure. But I've never heard of anybody soaping, th- or I mean, uh, lotioning, lotioning their up ass. their butt. But, like, it also reminds me of that, <laughs> that movie, Mr. Deeds. You know, have you seen that movie? <laughs> yes, you know, I have. When the guy's, <laughs> he's trying to talk to him in the shower, and he goes, for God's sakes, will you please stop soaping your ass? Um <laughs> <laughs> so general booty send us some booty cream we'll try it on our booties and we'll see how it goes do we do that's like that could be the first episode of the only fans of the dudes Andy everywhere applying <laughs> general booty ass cream during the ass awards on his ass i mean that's a pretty might good see, people might see the brian ference tattoo <laughs> <laughs> i haven't lost a bet like that yet just give it time so well, could i ever get you to put a bet in where tattooing your body was on the table a tattoo on my ass it depends on the tattoo a, a picture of iowa's offensive statistical numbers on your left butt cheek. <laughs> wait le- left butt cheek is iowa's number eyes offense <laughs> Right butt cheek is Iowa's defensive scores. And sure enough, PPY right there on the other. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> All right. So that is for next year, though. This year, we need to honor the best NIL deal. But before we get to the winner, I do want to to honor the runner-up because the runner-up was awesome. And that is, of course, the DeColdis Crawford HVAC commercial in Lincoln, Nebraska. Here it is. I'm so glad we called SOS. Our AC is the coldest. I'm always the coldest. SOS to the rescue. Hey, this is Dakota Crawford, raw receiver from Louisiana, now playing in Lincoln. When your AC isn't the coldest, you call SOS heating and cooling. Their takes don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranties than a competition guarantee. Take it from Dakota's. We'll keep you cool this summer. Oh, DeColdis. DeColdis is in the transfer portal now. So all you HVAC companies out there, keep an eye on the portal to figure out where he lands. You know, that would be a really good living if football doesn't work out for him. He could go to like five different schools through the transfer portal and just keep doing air conditioning commercials. (laughs) It would be tremendous. (laughs) I mean, I, I almost think he should keep doing commercials for this company. 
I thought he did there's a great job. Name, there's some name recognition already. So. This is what we thought what the NIL was supposed to be, and it turned into a, a two-year debate about uh, inducement and cheating. But like that, when when it's done the right way, it's perfect. Well, we know one group that did it the right way, and that's the folks behind Bijan Mustardson, Bijan Robinson, Texas running back, probably the the best. Just from a pure skill set standpoint, the best back in the country. He'll probably be the first running back off the board in the draft next year. He has his own Dijon Mustard. And, well, after Texas covered against Alabama this year, I had to eat an entire bottle of Bijan Mustardson during a show. I got to say it was pretty delicious. Bijan Mustardson, NIL deal of the year. Just take take the big cap off. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if it's more like a field goal in my mouth or a touchdown in my mouth. I feel like that. Uh, yeah, Ew. I feel like we could just do it. Like, just keep doing that. Guys, I just want to hit Iowa in the I over I want to let you time. know. I want to announce the mustard is done. Okay. Bijan Robinson, Bijan Mustardson. This is a tremendous product. I highly recommend it to everyone. Great on its own. Can't wait to try it on these pretzels later because I'm gonna I want to pop these pretzels back in the microwave so I can do some dipping. So I got another bottle. We may go through two bottles of Dijon Musterson today. You're just only gonna watch me do one. Yeah, I think for your sake, you should probably just I don't. relax. But you know, that's up to you. So 60 minutes later, there was uh, some distress, but it was a passing distress. It, it passed out of my body, and I'd say there was about. Five to 12 minutes of solid discomfort. And I felt great. Did you hear them during that clip? I was like, just one time I need to get Iowa in the over. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and they did against Rutgers. Yeah, they, they did it one time this year. But yeah, that was, uh, I think I would have called it Bijan Mustard. Yeah. I don't know. I think that would have been a better name for it. But Bichon I guess. Bijan Mustard, yes. Because it's Dijon Mustard, Bijan. Yeah. That's the pun. The mustard sin is a little bit of a stretch to me. But I, I guess know. you have I kind of like the Mustardson better. I guess if they have Mustardson as uh, the last name on the thing, then people are more aware that uh, the NIL deal exists. So, you know, no hate. Just just thought maybe it would be a more apt name if it was B- Dijon Mustard. Bijan Mustard. Bijan Mustard would be a good name. That That would be a tremendous name. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's now time for Ari's Bad Beat of the Year. And Ari, there are a couple 
games that that really fit this bill. Boise State, Utah State was up there in terms of of bad beats. What? How, how, how did that one finish? If I, Utah State was down by five, uh, and we're catching sixteen and a half points, and they were driving to. Uh, Boise State's uh, end zone. I think they were in the close to the red zone. They threw a pick, and then Boise ended up winning by seventeen. There was like a minute and a half left. They scored two more touchdowns to to not uh, cover sixteen and a half, which was insane. Uh, but that was more of a long term bad beat. You know how there are certain bad beats that take like yes. multiple drives and multiple grab ass plays. Uh, the worst bad beats, I think, is when you're five seconds away, mm-hmm. and the worst of the worst happens. So we'll get into those. I remember a time like that. I we were doing a show actually. <laughs> it was it was the night I believe that they had the two basketball games and in between the two basketball games they revealed the college football playoff ranking. And so naturally we flipped over to to the Maction game between Bowling Green and Toledo right. as we as we finished talking and it was you and me and Max Olson and Sam Con Jr. from the Max and Sam show and we were discussing the rankings and you were you know had some extracurricular stuff going on you should never tell people that are listening to the show live what you're on because it's a curse right and so at this point toledo has come back to take the lead on bowling green and it looks like toledo is going to cruise to victory what did you have what were you on at that point yeah i think toledo was down um by seven points at halftime or uh, yeah, they were down by seven at halftime and then they were down by, uh, 13 in the third quarter. And then at that point, I think I took B, uh, I took, uh, Toledo to win outright, which was like three to one. And then I also had, um, plus six and a half and Bowling Green drove down the field, um, in the last 45 seconds of the game and hit that crossing route, mm-hmm. um, that, was like a wide open receiver who was running and you would think if they could just tackle him that they would kick a field goal and you'd get the six and a half. And it was just like nine people bounced off the ball carrier like bumper cars and he walked into the end zone and you guys were all screaming like, oh, 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 after Wait. every single time somebody made a tackle. Yeah. Would everybody like to hear Ari's heartbreak in real time? <laughs> because we've got that clip. I don't know if you guys have Maction on, but the fifth most intense rivalry in college football is coming down to the wire here. Oh, boy. Yeah. The, the battle for I-75? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Toledo just scored a touchdown to tie it at 34 with 52 seconds left. And it's the point in the snow, but they're reviewing if he stepped out, out of bounds at the one. So we're, what, we're going to get some. on this one, Ari? Uh, I hit Toledo plus 225 when they were losing, so I'm sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> that you wouldn't lie. Oh, God. This uh, de- this pressure. edge rusher number ninety one for oh no oh no he's gone that was amazing <laughs> oh, oh my I'm it's, so sorry it's kind of like, the receiver it's almost <laughs> like he thought for a second do I need to lay down here and get us a field goal yes forty two yards wow Keith that was incredible. That was third awesome. long, you know. Well, once again, my wife just texted me, "How much did we lose?" <laughs> <laughs> you came back nicely, though, didn't you? Well, the the funniest thing about that is watching how happy you guys were. Like you knew the situation I was in, and you were cheering, <laughs> "Go, go!" And Sam put his hands up, and he does the the 
the it's good arm thing. And then at the end of the original video that you didn't get to the end of there, he said, wow, that was awesome. Oh, like, no, right we at, got, that was in there. Yeah. That was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> like, Come on, Sam. Yeah, it that was, was pretty amazing. That was brutal. It, um, it, it heightened my joy because we had that discussion where you talked about your group of friends. You, you all bet on the same things mm-hmm. so that you can't make fun of each other when one loses and, and the other wins. Solidarity, man. I think that's completely wrong. I think the busting of the chops is is half the fun. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there's plenty of busting the chops. Uh, if you saw our fantasy football game thread, I mean, uh, fantasy thread, uh, you'd have some concerns. But um, yeah, that was that was really brutal. But there were some. There was one more that was terrible that I was on too, um, and that was the end of the uh, bowl game between Mississippi State and Illinois. Oh yes, I had oh Illinois plus three and a half, and they did the oh. laterals. They did the yes, laterals they, at the end, as Scott Van Pelt calls it, pitchy pitchy woo woo. Yeah, pitchy pitchy woo woo. But it was at they were at their like forty. Right, like they were actually like for a minute they there. Were it looked moving. like Illinois like was going to score. It was yeah. effective. It, it was looking and like it was going to be. Good. But then balls on cross, the ground, scoop and score. <laughs> I mean, if they was the did the ball even touch the ground? I think that he might have caught. It looked like the, oh maybe he caught it. The yeah. Tennessee Titans Super Bowl back pass, <laughs> except it went to the defense this time. There are no flags on the field. Yeah, I can't. Uh, so I mean, that stuff happens sometimes, and you never, you never. Um, remember the good ones. You only remember the bad ones. But I well, do have one good, good memory. We're gonna remember a good one. You want to know the best the, one I've ever best hit? bet of the year? Oh, well, yeah. let me tell you oh. the best bad beat in reverse I hit. Oh, where okay. I should yes. have lost and won. Absolutely, I had a pretty hefty penny, and I don't remember what year it was. It was the Michigan Michigan State game, mm-hmm. uh, where Michigan punted the ball at the end and they blocked trouble. it. And the, trouble with the snap. Tr- with a punter bobbled the snap and yes, 2015, 2015, yep. I had Jaylen Michigan Watts, State Jackson, winning that game. Michigan State scores, and I think they were, the I think they were underdogs. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had Michigan State, and I was covering an Ohio State game, so I went downstairs, um, because the Ohio State game had just ended or or was just beginning. I don't know. I remember I missed the end, and they showed the game on replay. I already thought I lost. They showed it on replay on the jumbotron, and I looked up and I was like, I'm. I don't deserve this, so I guess I'm I'm paying the the karmic uh, toll right now. <sighs> well, it's not all bad because you did have a best bet of the year. Yes, and it happened very recently. What was the best bet of the year? Best bet of the year and biggest bet of my year uh, this year was Georgia minus twelve and a half in the national championship game, and I got a little bit nervous because. A lot of gambling experts were saying, uh, you know, that there's the 13 and a half was too many points or 14 was too many points. And, you know, when it when it dropped down to 12 and a half, I thought I'm going to take this now before people come to their senses. And I think it went up to 13 and a half uh, before the game started. And Andy, you know, whenever you have a really big bet, it's never easy or you always have to sweat or you're you're on pins and needles for the entire second half. Nope, buddy. I didn't even. I don't even think I, I was writing. I didn't even watch the fourth, the the second quarter, uh, or I mean the the second half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter intently, because uh, it was such a breeze. And you know, sometimes I feel like if they, if I just like to think like if Las Vegas created a line that was Georgia minus twenty seven in the national championship game that nobody on earth would have picked, that would have been too many points, right? So you have to. It's like this weird. No man's land between setting a reasonable line and hoping that people will still lay the points, but also mm-hmm. hoping people will take the points. And like 
the mismatch in this was the largest mismatch in, in title game history. So, well, I, you know, I, I thought I'd bet on myself. There were a lot of people on TCU, and I don't know if they're trying to talk themselves into it or, like, in terms of TV people, were they just doing it to hype the game because it was on their network? Like, on game day, didn't Desmond and Lee Corso pick TCU? Andy, I think seven of the 28 people who picked the game for us picked TCU. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, it, like you got to go back. It's like so easy to be like, oh my god, that was so easy. Uh, I can't believe how how easy that was, and and it was. But like going into the game, there was very little. I don't, I don't know. I didn't hear a lot of people. I think you and I agreed on this, but outside of us, I, I don't know that I heard a lot of people saying this is going to be a bloodbath. See, <laughs> uh, I, I, so, I heard a lot of people saying it privately. Maybe they didn't say it on the but air. Do, but why do you think that that happens? Why do you think that's the case? Because you want it to be a good game. I guess you don't want to be mean. I, I, I'm i not entirely sure. Because I think I pretty much said, I think Georgia's going to cover. Now, I don't think I said Georgia was going to beat them by that much. But yeah, I think I said something like 31-17 or something like that. Yeah, my score, I think, was 44-17. to I thought it was going to be a blowout. I didn't think it was going to be a complete and utter annihilation. Um, but, you know, if you're an analyst and you get paid to do this, then you gotta you got to... Tell the truth, even if you think it's going to make people mad. Um, that's the existence I live in every day. So, but yeah, that was easy as hell. Um, and then also Georgia to begin the year, minus 17 against Oregon was a pretty easy one too. Uh, so, there was a good Georgia Georgia bookends <laughs> starting end the year. Speaking of the Bulldogs, we, we have a category called Ass Chew of the Year. And, you know, we, we've had we've had some... Can I say one thing before you go to the next one, Andy? I'm sorry. Absolutely. Go ahead. We have to have the dumb grab ass bet of the year, and that's taking Anthony Richardson to win the Heisman at 50 to 1. Ah, yes. That was incredibly <laughs> dumb. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Well, actually, I don't mind if you vamp a little bit because there is a, a nominee for this that I had completely forgotten about that I the, feel like we need to we need to point out because it involves a friend of yours and... Ass chew of the year? Yeah. It involves a friend your, of your, mine. Your, your your dad. I'm your step. Your podcast stepdad it involves your podcast. Oh, dad. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, who got the ass chew? I feel like the. I think the reporter was kind of chewing more ass than the coach. Well, in that remember. Scenario. So in the, we're talking about Doug Maurice from the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Yeah. Asking the question of Kirk Ferentz after the Iowa Ohio State game because Doug covers Ohio State. Of don't you owe it to your employer to put a better offense on the field? to make changes, to consider making changes. But remember, Kirk came back on Monday in Iowa City. Yep. And had a little Talking shot at Doug. So yeah. let's let's hear that one. Uh, I compliment the guys on Sunday, just, you know, because um, during the questioning, uh, and in some cases interrogation on Saturday that I, I uh, uh, experienced, and the one good thing about that, it dawned on me coming home, you know. I said, man, as bad as today was, it could have been worse, because I could have been that guy, you know. I could have been that guy, like, had his job and had to act like he did. So, yeah, could be a hell of a lot worse, right? Things aren't all bad. So, Kirk Ferentz eventually apologized for that. He should know better talking about Ari's podcast. Dad well, the like thing that, that I, I never really understood about that clip, Andy, was that he was making fun of Doug's job to a bunch of people who have Doug's job. Right, exactly. It's like, that's kind of exactly. messed up. Right. Like you think that, <laughs> that some, of them, some of them actually may envy Doug's job. Yeah, most of them probably do. Doug has a great job. I, yeah. I, I take Doug's job. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that wish they had our jobs too. It's all a, it's a sliding scale. But, uh, and, the, and, but yes, that was kind of messed up. The ass chew of the year, though, does it's not a this is a nod to Nick Saban, obviously, 
who is the the king of this, the emperor of ass chewing. But this one's not for disciplinary reasons. This is more of a pump up speech, but falls into the same category. And you can only imagine getting your ass chewed by this guy. But this is just going to make you want to run through a wall. Of course, it goes to Kirby Smart before the national title game. have a chance with that maniac coaching those aliens. Yeah, do you know uh, <laughs> what my favorite part of that was? And it wasn't the cursing. When he said in the middle of it, this shit is easy. Right. Because exactly. when you have those robots on your team, it really is as simple as kick their ass. Uh, yes. And that, that wasn't technically him yelling at anybody, but that was a good ass chewing. So I... Uh, it was tremendous. That, that was absolutely... Uh, I mean, because it got released the night of the game. Like, after the game was over, yeah. it came out. It was just like... That was the perfect pregame. There was no like uh, violin or, you know, dramatic music or let's go win one for the Gipper or whatever. Anyone yeah. I mean, it was just like, let's just go. You know who we are. Let's go kick the crap out of them. And they did. Uh, hey, that, that was really cool. I, I can't wait to hear our, our buddies, Rylan Gody and Tate Ratledge on, on the Real Talk podcast. Georgia players. I want to hear what they think about that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it uh, it got the, the juice was flowing a little bit. And heck, yeah. You know, and I think it is kind of cool that like there's so much you know, uh, minutia that goes into playing football and the, the places to be and the playbooks and the calls. and But, like, sometimes it's as simple as just beat the crap out of the person that's that's standing in front of you. You know, and when you have the athletic advantage, uh, I like how we kind of simplified that. It's like there's nothing to be nervous about. Just go beat them up. And, and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> it was tremendous. Yeah, there's no there, there's no science that, that when, when his halftime speech to Georgia – during the 2021 Florida game leaked, that was right before Florida made a coaching change. And I, I remember transcribing that and saying, if you're the, the Florida AD, like, this is who you're thinking about as you make your hire. Like, that's who you're up against every day. Yes, that's right. And, uh, you know, it's only getting worse, I think. So, uh, yeah, good, good for Kirby Smart. The guy's got... Uh, you know, his life is made now, you know, back-to-back -back mm -hmm. championships. And if you look at their schedule, it should be three. I mean, they don't play anybody next year. Right. I mean, it's they play they, they play Florida, but, like, yeah, they've loaded up their non-conference after next year with, you know, the playoff in mind. I don't think they the, play the a Power part. 5 non-conference game. They do. They could play or Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech but, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not... They 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 loaded up for the expanded playoff, but they're gonna they're gonna coast into the the last four teams. So, hey, I'm gonna read it to you. Can I read it to you? Go for it. 
Opening on Saturday, September 2nd, UT Martin Skyhawks. Oh, yeah. Then the following week is Ball State. Then home against South Carolina. Then home against UAB. Then at Auburn, which I guess could be a, a tricky, tough game, depending on what Hugh Freeze has up his sleeve there. Then Kentucky. Then at Vanderbilt. Then off. Then at, at home versus Florida. At home uh, versus Missouri. At home against... No, no, the Florida's at the neutral site. I don't know yeah, why I said home. Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, home against uh, Ole Miss at Neyland Stadium on November 18th, which might be the game of the year, depending on what Tennessee looks like last year and then your, or that year. And then we're closing it out um, against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. So, like, that is the easiest SEC schedule I think I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah. The crossovers of, are pretty advantageous. Yeah. One of the reasons why they're ditching divisions. Like, Georgia's path is going to get harder, and Alabama's path is going to get easier when the divisions are gone in, in 2000. It'll be 2024, probably, because that's it looks like now that's when, when Oklahoma and Texas get into the league, and so it'll switch to the three permanent opponents, which for Georgia, one will be Auburn, one will be Florida. We'll figure out who the third one is later, but then they're going to have they'll have Alabama rotating through they'll have LSU rotating through more often they'll I Tennessee will probably be the third one would be my guess yeah that would be i mean that would be a good one yeah but you know Georgia's got uh I'm very excited to see what they do with their uh their quarterback position and stuff but they're just loaded they've got they've got dudes and dogs everywhere and Ugh. their schedule at least allows Bear them Alexander I mean, they're they got a guy named Bear come on their schedule allows them to figure it out even if they get off to a slow start so it's like you have like a, a, a three-month or at least a two-month training camp because you don't really play a respectable opponent on the road until Auburn, September 30th. So, you know, that'll be uh, uh, another great uh, Georgia team, and we'll, we'll meet you back here at this time a year from now. Yeah, Bear is 6'3 and 305, by the way, and he's named Bear. It's crazy. <laughs> it's not fair, but it is it, – it is, fun to hear Kirby Smart yell. It, it is it is pretty awesome when he's doing that. We'll be right back after these words. Here's a category I've added. It's not in our rundown, Ari. Because I, I had blanked on this moment, but I realized we, we need to honor this. This is the catch of the year. Because last I checked, only one of us has ever caught a pass in an SEC game. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I was actually thinking, like, what is the catch of the year? And I was like, oh, I'm an, I'm an idiot for not knowing. No, it's me because we're on this show and one of us caught a pass. So that is going to be the catch of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else has a chance. That also could have, be a nominee for grab ass play of the year, too, if we're being probably, honest. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. But you could have, like, the Odell Beckham Jr. catch, except it's for the national title. And, and this wouldn't. would still be the catch yeah. of the year. I'm with Here you. Here it is. Texas A&M trying to come back late at Alabama. Haynes King with Will Anderson in his lap. Take it away, my Instagram feed. You should have kept the ball. With my right hand, filmed the entire play. With my left hand, caught the football. Shouldn't it's never going to be like Ross. that again. The AD was standing right there. Ari, I'm going to steal his football. I would have ran. <laughs> I just would have ran for the hills. No, Ross it's, uh, was a fullback. He'd have caught me. Yeah, that's funny. That would have been a really awesome situation if you got tackled on the 
Alabama sideline with by the <laughs> Texas A&M athletic director with a Texas A&M ball in your hands. But <laughs> yes, been tremendous. Yes, you congratulations on your first uh, grab ass award. It's top ass award. You, yes. you deserve it. And, uh, you know, we'll see if you can run it back next year. Well, I, I'm going to put it on the shelf behind me here. We, we need, need new decorations. We haven't changed it up in a while. So uh, I, I'm honored. That actual ass award graphic we got there would be pretty tremendous. Oh, it'd be it'd be amazing. It's an it's basically an Emmy holding a football. Yeah. And labeled properly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's do our reaction of the year. This is this is one of my favorite moments of the of the football season, and I laugh every time I see it. So Colorado won exactly one game. It was an overtime win against Cal, and a Colorado fan celebrated as one should when you probably realize this is the only game your team's going to win all year. Bob's That is Twitter user at B McCartney seven, who I imagine is pretty excited about Deion Sanders. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to tone it down. Really, Deion's going to win some more games. Couldn't understand half the things he was saying there, but I'm happy that uh, that one win brought him as much joy as maybe a national title did for Georgia fans. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I wish I could get that excited about anything. No, I, I don't. I was just thinking like, has anything that's happened in my life made me want to behave that way? And uh, well, there's a few things like when the Domino's guy gets here a little bit early. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can think <laughs> of one. I can think of one. Let's talk about our column of the year. Okay. You know, sort of probably about halfway through the season, you and I started cranking out a lot more columns based on our discussions on the show. And I think this is the one that taught us that what resonates with our audience here on the show will resonate with the written audience as well, which some sometimes there's overlap, sometimes there's not. So I'm going to let you take it away. Column of the year, Ass Award. Yeah, I guess <sighs> it's weird to nominate your own work, but I think that the f- one that I had most fun writing and the one that had the greatest engagement was the column that I wrote that was anti-college football playoff expansion after an ongoing debate that still kind of pops up every now and then <laughs> about it's not really a debate. I mean, I I had shredded all of your arguments on on the air. You then put them in writing, and and then the like, intelligent people in the oh, comments actually, shredded them. It's there. funny because I read your story uh, that you wrote off of the national championship game. Yes, did you read the comment section? No. Am I the only sicko that reads every comment? Probably. I because here's the thing with that one. I know who's going to disagree with me. I know they're a highly vocal minority. They've already lost. I'm laughing at them now, and I will laugh at them even more when the, when I know they're enjoying the 12-team playoff, but they can't admit it because they were like, this is the stupidest idea ever. We should stay at four. We should go back to the BCS, the old ball system. No, you, no, you shouldn't. Those are dumb ideas. They would be stupid, and that's why they're not doing that. I'm trying to find the headline for my story, but most of the co- – I mean, I feel like – I guess if people are pro it, they're less likely to comment. But I, I was very shocked by the overwhelming majority feeling like that was not the, what they wanted to read, or like not what they, not that what they wanted to read, but not what they wanted to see happen in the sport. Like I, I think that there is a larger no no there's there, there's a tiny majority that comments a lot, 
that it that fears change. But if you actually if you actually took all of college football fans and put them into a pot, mm-hmm. people who are pro, people who are against, yeah. all fans everywhere, every one of them are in a pot. What percentage of those fans do you think don't want expansion? Twelve. We did a study. You think it's only twelve? Yeah, eighty-eight percent wanted expansion of our list of our readers, and it was a very nice cross section. Thirty-five hundred results. Like, yeah, pretty. I'm actually thirty-five hundred. I must have missed that. I'm surprised to hear that because I would have thought at least thirty percent. No, twelve percent. That's that's why I laugh at these people because they're such a tiny minority. But they're so loud, and people think that's that's a lot of people. It's not. Yeah, the, the, the majority of I, the people just want better games on their TV. That is interesting to me about the whole thing, though, is there are different ways to consume the game and to appreciate the game, and everybody likes what they like and what they don't like and whatever. So it's like, you know, if you don't want that, then you don't want it, and if you do, then you do. Uh, but... I thought at least it was a discussion worth having to hash it out. It was, it was like it was a great way for all the people at the rotary phone factory to spend their break. <laughs> they got to read Andy, it. They got to commiserate. We have this to, is terrible. We have to agree that this is a very monumental shift in the sport, right? Oh yeah. So by having the argument the way that we did and having natural opposing views of it with multiple columns that I thought, I mean, say what you want about whether I'm right or wrong. At least it was well thought out. Mm-hmm. And I think that I agree. if you read both sides of it, you kind of get a full understanding of what's happening. Right. And, and then you, you can, can decide, decide on your right, own. You can decide how yeah. you fall on that, where where on that spectrum you fall. Now, it, I would say that what happened in the playoff this year, again, proves me correct. Like, but you could play both sides of that coin, though. No, because the committee had no choice but to put TCU at number three. Like everybody, the, I, that Mississippi State fan yelling about the committee. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Me, the committee didn't have a choice. I'm saying and if so, the games were great, you could be like, now we're going to get more of them. And if they suck, you're going to be like, now we're not going to have game, this anymore. The games were great. The two semifinal games were great. This this one, this particular group of four teams was set up for there to be two great games and one stinker. It was just a matter of how that was going to play out. And, and what yours is going to do is you're going to have a bunch of great games at the beginning. And then when it culminates, they're all going to stink. No. There will be some stinkers in the in the beginning too, but so yeah, I think it's it going to be eighty cul- percent stink probably. As it culminates, no, it won't be. It'll be about fifty fifty, and then as it culminates, it'll get better because you have to actually keep winning. Like, imagine if this TCU team had to win four times to win the national. But title. On, on a given year, there's probably two great teams, right? Two right, and three. they would end up playing each other. So it'll culminate title. at the end in the national championship game, most likely. Right. But there would be a lot of stink in there to get to that point. There would be and a little. It's kinda, and it's kind of a charade. Some, you'd also have some evenly it, matched teams because like, you would have started with a, two, a Tulane TCU game this year. That probably would have been a very competitive, fun football game. Now, a game that might have stunk, but people might have really enjoyed watching, at least people in Norman, Oklahoma might have enjoyed watching it, USC at Alabama would have been a game in the playoff this year. Yeah. Like, out Caleb Williams against... Bryce Young, Heisman winner do you think versus that fans, Heisman. Do you think that fans would enjoy watching this year's Alabama team beat the shit out of all the teams they, they enjoyed loving this year USC? on the way to the national championship? Do you think they would have enjoyed watching them do, beat No, I'm saying USC? you think like Alabama. They would have played USC, Ari. No, I know. People would have th- enjoyed watching that game. <laughs> no, no, I know. But I'm <laughs> saying like Alabama would beat uh, USC and then beat TCU and then beat whoever else they have to they beat on the way. They would have played TCU. Let played- me go look at your bracket. 
let me look at it. They, they, yeah, that. But it would have been Georgia TCU would have been a semifinal and and a very plausible semifinal had there been a playoff, a yeah. twelve team playoff this year. So We're doing it again, Andy. By the way, Alabama would have played Ohio State in the next round, probably or Penn State. That'd be pretty good. You don't want to see that game. That's the problem. Is every time I tell you what the games would be, you're like, oh. Well, that sounds kind of awesome. Well, no, I mean, we saw Ohio State, <laughs> Alabama. Just they were playing Georgia when it happened. Like it's like we we. But but the thing is, you'd see Ohio State, Alabama, and then you might see the winner of that game play Georgia. Yeah, which is better than what we had this year, for sure. Yeah. So that's that's where it gets interesting, and yeah, we'll see what happens. I, you know I, what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like somebody trying to take advantage of somebody who doesn't know what's going on a little bit. Like you know, you're you're kind of saying to the little guy hey i've got this great idea and it's going to be great for you now listen to this right now you don't have a chance to compete mm-hmm. uh in the four team field and if you do it's happened four times uh michigan state uh washington mm-hmm. cincinnati and now tcu four times out of the eight years it's been going on roughly half the time only one yeah. of you is going to make it so what we're going to do here and listen close is we're going to have this 12 team field which mm-hmm. means that six of you or eight of you will be able to get to get in every single year. How great is that? And then everybody goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then all it does is turn into the Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia and Clemson uh, invitational. And it's that's like, what we want. No, no, I, but it is. We yes. already have it. I kind of like the idea that TCU gave us something different to, to watch. I didn't like 65 to seven. Yeah. Give me something well, different to watch in the early rounds and well, then the, give me the clash of the Titans as we go forward. So then the thing that is interesting is, is like, why didn't we say that? Like we, we, we knew, we knew we did. I guess we did. When I say <laughs> we, I mean, everybody in the media, like coming into this, there was people very little discussion talking about the playoff. People are just stupid talking about the playoff. And it's like, like if you would have said TCU doesn't belong in the playoff this year, People would have gone batshit crazy. They would have gone bonkers. They but like in the back of my head, in the back of my head, or maybe in the front of my head, I think (laughs) both of us in Vegas after championship weekend, we're sitting in that studio in Mandalay Bay, and we both knew Alabama was better than them. But here's the thing. TCU did earn their way in, did deserve a shot, but they should also have to prove they're better than Alabama. Like, yeah. I'm 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 for both things. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that like I, I don't think it's the best thing for the college football playoff expansion discussion isn't comparing the games versus the games because more games is great. And if you argue against that, you're an idiot. The thing that I always thought of was what does it mean for the 12 games that happened before the playoff? And that's been my number one you know, debate. I think that the same teams are going to win it, whether it's a four-team field or a 17 or 20. We're going to be much more entertained along the way. And remember, this will have a positive effect on the 12 games before because teams will stop the cowardly non-conference scheduling and schedule up because it doesn't matter if you lose anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. So I think it's possible that in four years you're like, I'm sorry. All right. This is bullshit. I nope. hate this. I guarantee it won't be. I will laugh at you. I will laugh at all of you because it's going to be I will great. laugh at you. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I will, I will laugh at all of you because I will be right and you will be wrong. I do and think that it's within the realm of possibility that we are watching football on a November Saturday in 2026 and you're going to say, I wish it was as high stakes as it used to be this weekend. Nope. I'm going to say, what does this mean for the playoff? 
What does this mean for this team? What does this mean for these five teams over here? What's it mean? Mm -hmm. But you are also more likely to trick yourself into those five teams over there having a chance, and I can't do it. It's not in my DNA. I'm not tricking myself. I don't care if they win or not. I don't care if they win the national title. I would like to be entertained for three and a half hours when their game is on. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't okay. care if they win. Andy, I I think the grab ass discussion topic of the year is this debate. But uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, so we've got two more. Let's, we got let's two move more. On. Well, no, we got a couple more. Let, let's move on to the word of the year. The word of the year, you know, Webster's does one. I think the Oxford English Dictionary does one. Well, we do one too. This isn't us adding a new word to the lexicon. This one was already in the dictionary. Ari just didn't read the pronunciation. The word of the year is exacerbate, or well, the past tense of it, exacerbated. Games that Ex- they had no business losing, and especially yeah, no business and some of those games they got out schemed and had some personnel issues that exasper- exacerbated the issue. Exacerbated. Exas- exas- Keep trying. Exacerbated. Nope. Exacerbated. Nope. Exas. I can't pronounce it. Exacerbated. Nope. <laughs> One more time. I know how to I say a word exacerbated. Nope. Exacerbated. Spell it. <laughs> exact. Do you know how many people asked me if that was a bit? Exacerbated. Yes. Is that right? Exact. Exas. I always thought there was like a T in there. Exacerbated. Exacerbated. Just remember there's an ass in there. Exacerbate. Exacerbated. Yes. That's it. That's all you got to know. There are plenty of other words like that in the English language. Next year, we'll have another one. Exacerbated. If we play a make Andy spell the word rhythm game, I will will give you nine different combinations before I find the right one. You want to hear a fun fact about me? I don't know how to spell the word restaurant. My daughter, when she was learning to talk, called restaurants restaurants. That that would be easier to spell than restaurant. So it's rest, awe, rant. That's... The easiest way to remember. Don't you think that that's a kind of a strange way to spell that word? No, I can't do it. If you can't spell rhythm, I it's the same thing with me. And yeah, the, I know it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a mental block. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's most people are like rhythm is easy. Yeah. R Y whatever. However you R-H-Y-T-A-T-H-M. I was spelling it wrong. See, there you go. What? How do you spell it when you try to? It always different. Because I always psych myself out. I'm like, is the H here or is the Y here? I don't know. I think it's because there's two H's. Yeah, and are there two Ys? Just one Y, right? I don't know. R-H-Y-T-H-M. Yes, see, that that's probably, yeah. that, that's right. And Also, I, T-H-M is a very weird vroom, uh, order of letters. Vroom. Yes. Yes, if it were one word, one letter fewer, it'd make a dynamite wordle. I'm just double checking to make sure I got it right. I yeah. think you did. I'm I pretty did, sure you yeah. did. I got in my own head now when you overthink if I, things. If I yeah. see it correct i'm like oh that's correct but i can't if you ask me to do it i can't do it r-h-y-t-h-m might be one of the most oddly spelt words in the dictionary yeah so maybe i'll remember it now all right all right we have two more categories next category is the shot of the year And I realize you're saying this is not a basketball podcast. Why would you have a shot of the year? Because we're not talking about that kind of shot. We are talking, of course, about the vaccine. Not that shot either. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> not that, not that, not that kind of podcast either. Uh, we are speaking, of course, of the shot that comes in a glass. The first time Lincoln Riley's <laughs> USC team caused Ari to lose a bet, but maybe not the last. There's a there's a longer reaching bet, of course. There was two bets I lost in the same game. What's the other one? I mean, I lost the the chance to win a thousand bucks, and then okay, I had to take. You this lost sh- the chance to win a thousand. Buddy, bucks we both that know who's night. Pay- but we know who's paying who now. Well, we, know now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know now. Yeah, we know now. Dude, talk. You know, add that to the bad beat of the year while we're at it. How about how about this, Ari? In, let me get out of it. Just give me. Let me out for less. Let you let you buy your let way me out. Resign. I, yeah. Let no, me like. I, no. You were so I'll pay sure you earlier. Nope. You were so. I'm I'd a Caleb, rather, Caleb I'd rather, Williams hamstring away from cashing that bet. I'd I rather sure. I be right. on the hook for paying you. Oh, actually, we do have another category after this before the grab ass play there. Uh, but I'd rather be on the hook for paying you and then make you pay me the full amount and suffer through this. So the, the bet was when Lincoln Riley took the U, USC job, Ari said he's going to have in the playoff within the first three seasons. I said, I don't think he is. It's a harder reclaim than you think. I think I'm wrong there. No, you were right. No. Because the the thing that I thought was going to happen was that they were going to sign Alabama-like classes right out of the chute. Yeah, I thought they were going to own California but, but I and, also, and sign 10 or 12 top 100 players every given year. And then by year three, they were going to be a juggernaut. And before this, we made this bet. This was before the conference moved. I too. thought they were going to be in the Pac-12 in year yes. three. Yes. <laughs> so that that changed a lot. Like, I so, mean, honestly, if you think about the circumstances of me losing this bet, I got kind of screwed here. Yeah. So I'm in uh, They're in the Big Ten in year three. I'm feeling very good about that year because they're going to have to deal with Ohio State, with Michigan. With Is a that Luke the expanded Vic- playoff, though? That's expanded playoffs. So they, they could get in. Uh, so if yeah. they get in as the 10 seed, I win? Yes. <laughs> so I got screwed on that. We both got screwed in 2024 for different reasons. So I think that evens out. But I do think they're going to be dealing with a, a, a tougher road. In, if they in finish the outside of the top 10 in year three of the Riley era, that would be a disaster. Well, so think about this, though. The news of the week, they're bringing Alex Grinch back as the defensive coordinator. In a Pac-12 that has probably the best collection of quarterbacks in one league since maybe mid World War mid II. last decade. Yeah. Well, the mid last decade, Big Twelve had some years where there were some there were a bunch of really good QBs, but they that defense is going to have to play some really good offenses. Yeah. No, I know it's going to be a long year for me. I think. Um, you know, the thing that I don't know is. Lincoln Riley is getting paid a lot of money to be the head coach and the CEO of the USC football program. He's mm-hmm. obviously more apt to understand football and the things that go on in that building more than I am. That said, I don't know if you can look at anywhere on Alex Grinch's resume in the numbers that are available to all of us from his entire career that illustrates that he should be able to turn this thing around. And they're the, not recruiting crazily. The, so the what last, are we doing? The last... Four games of the 2020 season. That's 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 where you can look and find some hope. What, I'm going to go look at those games because I don't even know what you're referring to. They, they, I, don't, I don't remember they, an Oklahoma had, ever having a good defense in any stretch ever. They, they, they had a, that actually was a pretty good defense that at the end of that season. But that's it. That's the only one. Now they were they were better than historically what they were when he was at Washington State, but not. Not when he was at 
at Ohio State or really at Oklahoma. So, yeah, it's it's going to be one of those years. But in this case, but that this was, is the exact opposite of what you wrote off the Pac-12 championship game. Well, no, exactly. You said get serious about defense, and they did not get serious about defense. Yeah, I said Lincoln Riley needs to get serious about yeah. defense. It didn't require firing Alex Grinch. Like it, you could do that while retaining Alex Grinch. I just don't know that they're going to do that. I, I, I think they're going to keep trying what they do. They're going to keep banging their head against that brick wall, and they're going to keep getting the same result. And that result this time, where they fell apart against Utah after Caleb Williams hurt himself, that defense couldn't hold up. And Ari had to drink a shot of tequila with a scorpion in it. Absolutely not. No way. Three. I didn't lose this bet, by the way. I'm just doing this out of the kindness of my heart. Three, two, one. Bye. All right. You move, Ari. 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 Yeah. He survived. Look at that face. Let's go. God, that's nice. disgusting. All right. Let's go. Let's go. All right. If you just take it like a pill, you don't. Your turn, man. Bottoms up. Oh, yeah. I took that like a chance. There you go. Easy. Uh, Easy. Our executive producer, John Hayes, by the way, got the biggest scorpion and took it like an absolute monster do we like talk about the fact that that entire restaurant smelled like a scorpion cage like, I, I was, i've like, never I smelled to, a scorpion cage so smelled, i don't know it smelled what, like an exhibit at the zoo like when we got our food i was like i was like oh god I got, i'm never going back in there oh i i, That's I a, that was disgusting don't don't get mad at us nacho daddy i think you're wonderful <laughs> i i truly enjoyed my filet mignon nacho so don't no 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 don't, don't get mad because you had to take a scorpion shot. All right, that, that does lead us, though, because that same game leads us to one of our nominees for the fan conspiracy theory of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there were a couple. The one that just blew my mind is the Caleb Williams pretended to be hurt in the Pac-12 championship. Like, people were tweeting this at me, fans of other Pac-12 schools. Caleb Williams pretended to be hurt in the Pac-12 championship game. He wasn't really hurt. I'm like... What is so what were they saying? Wrong they were saying you. that he was pretending to be hurt because he was too small for the moment and he wanted yes. to have something to blame. Right, exactly. After he like threw for 300 yards. And, like, they the were winning when he got hurt. <laughs> yes. They were yeah. dominating when he got hurt. Yeah. Like, that was I, That's crazy. Yeah. But the best one, the Alabama-Tennessee game, which is one of the most exciting games of the year, there was a conspiracy theory after that game because there was an official in that game who signaled a touchdown for Tennessee And he puts his hands up in the air. And as he's got his hands in the air, his hands then clench into fists. And it looks like a celebratory fist pump. And the Alabama fans went nuts. There were so many conspiracy theory videos. And this was all floating around the internet. And then, of course, some fans of other schools who didn't have a a dog in the hunt are like, hey, guys, here's this guy signaling touchdowns in other games. That is how he signals touchdowns, regardless of who is competing. The thing that I love about college football fans is they will believe literally anything that they have to believe in order to make sure their team looks good at the end of it. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's like common sense and uh, you know reasonable thought go out the window a lot of times with the sport, and that's okay. You know, a rational love for your team is kind of what the sport's built off of. Yeah, it's oh. it, it's it, 
I do love the the cognitive dissonance and and it's all it takes to to really truly believe as a fan. Uh, but it was that was that was special that particular one. But now we get to our grab ass play of the year, and we've we've we got a few nominees for this one, Ari. We already mentioned the Illinois Mississippi State ending, pitchy pitchy woo woo. It turns into a touchdown for Mississippi State that that flips the who wins on the point spread. So that was that was pretty. Did, bad. We, did we come up with the winner for this one? Because I think I'm really oh, changing my mind. We uh, we thought we did, but but, but I'll I'll read okay. them all to you and and then you tell me what you think is the winner, and I'll tell okay. you if I agree. Okay. So the end of Missouri Auburn. Couple things. One, they've got a, a easy field goal that their kicker misses, but then in overtime, Missouri is scoring. And the down back by drops three. The ball. Yeah. Running back Nathaniel Pete reaches yep. to the end zone and without touch being touched, drops fumbles the ball. the ball on an easy touchdown run that went out of the back of the end zone and yes. the game ended as a result. Well, not of even that. out of the back of the end zone. So from the field of play across the goal line and out of the out of the out side, of the, of, the side end. of the end zone. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and the game ended that way. And that's how the game ended. That is if you would have held onto it for a split second longer, they win. And I had idiots be like, he's just showboating. I'm like, this is the guy graduated from Stanford. He's not, he dropped the ball. Like it happens, but that's a terrible place to do it. So USC running out of its own end zone at the end of the Tulane game, when you have Caleb Williams as your quarterback, Mm -hmm. that play resulted in a safety. USC had to kick the ball to Tulane. Tulane takes the ball down the field and wins. Now they could have not given up the two fourth downs on that drive to but you have Caleb Williams. Just let him do his thing. And then fourth and goal, first quarter of the Fiesta Bowl. This could have changed everything, Ari. All of our discussions about the playoff, everything. Michigan runs not a play where the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line just tries to mash somebody and they put the ball in the end zone. Not a play where their five-star quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, gets to throw a pass. They run Philly special. And boy, was it special. That's the winner, right? That's what we had decided pre-game yeah, was right. the winner. My, my heart was going to take me to the Mizzou. That Mizzou-Auburn uh, game was awful. Like it was, <laughs> Our boy I, Nevis I, mixed a, chip shot, a yeah. chip shot field goal and losing a game like that. It's like, oh my God, we won. Oh my God, we lost. Could not happen yes. faster. Like when you think about the the brain waves that would it take, we won. We lost. Like how quickly that happened. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that Michigan did that on the first drive of a playoff game, and then that that theoretically, I don't know, you were, I was there, kind of set the tone for the rest of the game of like this is what we're doing today. You know. Yes. Uh, yes. So that that's probably the grab ass play of the year. There's another grab ass play of the year nominee that I think we should mention too that I just oh, yeah. remembered. Go for it. The Ohio State punt against Michigan. Oh, uh, yes. That was, uh, I think, fourth and six or something in the third quarter of uh, plus territory. And apparently they tried to fake it and they didn't fake it. And that's when the game was lost there, too. But this that that was Philly special out of turn that doesn't work is the epitome of grab ass. It, it, it was. And this show is the epitome of grab ass. It is. And I want to thank all of you for playing Grab Ass with us for an entire football season. It has been a pleasure. 
I'm going to take a few days off. Ari never stops working. Guys, this is not stopping, though. You're, you're with us all year. We, we had fun during the season, but we're going to get you through this offseason, too. So just get ready, because none of this slows down in the offseason. We're going to have tons of shows, tons of fun. We'll be here for you. Don't worry. It's a long offseason. The return gonna... of the random ranking, Andy. I can't wait. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> In fact, just hit us up. Let us know which one you want us to do first. We'll do one at the end of next week. Ari, it's been a pleasure. Talk to you again soon. <laughs>